0: I know you're in the room new welcome had a couple of new guys assigned in this morning glad you're here men's round table doesn't look round but it is round intentionally designed that way and fills mind, that there is no person at the head of the table we're all equal all broken looking for help welcome glad you're here Amen. guys we continue in the series with joshua if you looked on the uh, notes on the handout if you did not get a handout there at the front table just a couple of housekeeping rules let me go over that right quick or guidelines if you would when you come in please do sign in we are getting back into the building now we're thankful for that thankful for c spire hosting us and providing the breakfast for us each week part of the trade-off in that is they'd like to know who's in their building and uh it's also a way for phil to keep up with who's here and get out emails or information if there's a change in meeting or something that's going on. So- all about
1: marketing, all about marketing.
0: (laughs) But we don't call it that, Phil. We don't. We don't call it that. (laughs) Yes, glad your mic's not on. (laughs) Guys, it is is a way for us to keep up with you and for you to understand what's going on if we've had changes that have come up. So if you don't mind, please do that. In the COVID period, we did come up with uh, text messaging that Jeff takes care of once a week, and that's a great deal. So if your cell phone number's on there, you'll get a text message reminder also, and just a way for us to keep up with you. Having said that, welcome again. Glad you're here. Friendship, part two. Finding, keeping, and maintaining. I'll add two in there. Godly friends. If you haven't experienced that in the last 14 months or so, I am glad you're here. Let's see if we can find a way to equip you a little bit better in the event you go through another situation or circumstance like we did uh, with COVID in isolation. You should always have two or three guys on speed dial to reach out to, to stay in touch with. If you're not there, let's help you get you there. With that, let me open some prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to gather here. We thank you for ceasefire hosting us and i thank you so much for jeff and jeff and chris our brothers who get us together each week and do the live streaming and do the podcast lord I just thank you so much for phil for his diligent preparedness each week coming up with new and fresh material that's relevant to each of us thank you for him anoint him protect him father i was reminded the other day sitting with another man and we come to you Mm. through your son Mm. by accepting the gift of grace Mm. No works no efforts nothing i can do of my own brings me to the father but through you Mm. may our ears be open our hearts filled with your love and your grace Mm. I mean. Yeah. You,
1: Morning, gentlemen. I have a song for you this morning Um, we are continuing uh, to look at friendships this morning and there's um, something about um, knowing that somebody cares for you that's absolutely critical to life Uh, life is about relationships it's about connection and we need to know that we are loved and um, I love this uh, John Michael Montgomery song, Letters from Home. It's really a letter from Mama. And um, where would we all be without Mama? I'm going to read to you just the first couple of uh, parts of the song. My Dearest Son, it's almost June. And, of course, this this song takes me back to the era that I grew up in, in the uh, late 60s and 70s, the Vietnam era. So this is a Vietnam type song. My dearest son, it's almost June. I hope this letter catches up with you and finds you well. It's been dry, but they're calling for rain, and everything's the same old same in Johnsonville. Your stubborn old daddy ain't said too much, but I'm sure you know he sends his love, and she goes on in a letter from home. I hold it up and show my buddies like we ain't scared and our boots ain't muddy. And they all laugh like there's something funny about the way I talk when I say mama sends her best y'all. I fold it up and put it in my shirt, pick up my gun and get back to work. And it keeps me driving on, waiting on letters from home. May you hear the voice of God and his love for you, whether it be through a mother, a friend, or the community around you. May you hear the voice of God.
2: My dearest son, it's almost June. I hope this letter catches up with you and finds you well. It's been dry, but they're calling for rain everything's the same old same Johnsonville your stubborn old daddy ain't said too much but I'm sure you know he sends his love and she goes on in a letter from home I hold it up And show my buddies like we ain't scared And our boots ain't buddy And they all laugh Like there's something funny About the way I talk When I say mama sends her best y'all I fold it up and put it in my shirt Pick up my gun and get back to work And it keeps me driving on Letters from home My dearest love, it's almost dawn I've been lying here all night long Wondering where you might be I saw your mama and I showed her the ring Man on the television said something so I couldn't sleep But I'll be alright, I'm just missing you And this is me kissing you X's and O's in a letter from home I hold it up and show my buddies like we ain't scared of not but the same buddy and they all act. Cause she calls me honey, but they take it hard. Cause I don't read the good part. I fold it up and put it in my shirt. Pick up my gun and get back to work. And it keeps me driving on. Son, I know I ain't written I'm sitting here tonight alone In the kitchen, it occurs to me I might not have said so I'll say it now Son, you make me proud I hold it up and show my buddies Like we ain't scared and our boots Ain't buddy but no one lies Cause there ain't nothing funny when a soldier cries And I just wipe my eyes I fold it up and put it in my shirt Pick up my gun and get back to work And it keeps me driving on Letters from home.
3: Mm.
1: Wow. What a story. That's my life. That's your life. It's all of our lives in many ways. Uh, good... Uh, Song to prepare us for Memorial Day. Thank God for our veterans. Thank you for all your service. Those of uh, you that have served, and men that we've lost, fathers and brothers, friends that we've lost. Be on the alert. Stand firm in your faith. Act like men. Be strong. Words from First Corinthians 16:13. We continue our journey uh, into the promised land. What a great metaphor um, that God has given us in terms of Joshua. It is the man book. If you want to understand how to be a man, uh, study and read the book of Joshua. I've had mentors and pastors tell me that the book of Joshua is a book that needs to be studied annually, not once in a lifetime. Uh, But we need to be going through Joshua on a regular basis because, man, what a template it is to be the man. Take the land. Uh, See what it is that uh, that land that Joshua took represents as a metaphor what you and I need to take charge of every day. Today, uh, you have an assignment that God has for you. Have you uh, listened for the orders, the marching orders for the day? He's talking all the time, all the time. Follow with me as we read our introductory paragraph. The book of Joshua is the book of conquest. The battlefield is Canaan, and it is where God keeps his promise that he made with Abraham. In this study, We will use the land possessed by Joshua and the people of Israel as a metaphor to understand how we take possession of what it means to be a Christian man. We will examine 10 issues that men face every day. Each day is a battle to be faced with courage, strength, and faith. You must be courageous. Will you? So this morning what we're looking at is uh, the 10 issues, the issue of friendship, finding and keeping godly friends. So pick up your pen, let's go to work. Good way to start the day is to begin by journaling. You've got to write your life to live your life. You've got to write your life to live your life. Uh, you are not growing if you don't have uh, pen to paper. You don't have a business plan. You don't have a football plan. You don't do anything without a plan except live the Christian life. You know, just show up in church. You know, show up in church. Dude, you bore me to death. I don't want to hang out with you. You know, Uh, I got other friends that are much more intentional and deliberate about their faith and about their life than you are if you ain't writing. If you ain't writing, you ain't living. First question, how has living in community changed your life? How has living in community changed your life? What I'd like you to do is pair up, and I want you to talk about that with a new friend. Meet a new friend. Take a couple minutes. How has living in community changed your life? And if, and if you don't have anything to share, just listen to your buddy, because I, I guarantee he does. Pair up. <laughs>
3: He was He was sane. He was sane. He Take, Take some people,
1: people. both um, get some pictures of me right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good, thank
3: you.
1: All right, guys, let's uh, continue. Living in community. You know, uh, research shows that living in community and being connected will make you a healthier person. What we, what we talk about a lot is four areas that Jesus grew in. He grew physically, emotionally, relationally, and spiritually. Luke chapter 2, verse 52. So living in community, the research has shown when you go to church, when you're involved in one another type living, you're really truly involved in community, your blood pressure goes down, your health issues, many of them are resolved. I could go on and on just about physical health relative to living in community. Emotionally, you get relief. A lot of you guys are emotionally constipated. (laughs) You know? You get no relief. You're not expressing. And that which gets compressed will lead to depress, depression. All kinds of emotional issues. So living in community is a place to get relief emotionally. The idea of living in community obviously helps us relationally. It's like the song. I mean, you know, what would it be like if you were the guy in the unit, in your military unit, and you were the guy that never got a letter? Been there, done that. You know, nobody loves me. You know, I'm getting. You know, all my buddies are getting care packages from home, brownie, homemade brownies from grandma, and I don't get anything. Dude, you cannot live without love. Uh, we were made for it relationally, and then and then spiritually. Living in community spiritually gives you the experience of God. You know, you can know a lot about God. But and never know God. And living in community, man, it's like, I see Jesus. I feel Jesus. I look into your eyes, and I see the love of Christ looking at me. Thank you, God. Isolation will kill you, man. It's awful. Second question. How is surrender, vulnerability, and confession a part of living in community? Think about that for a minute. How is surrender, vulnerability, and confession, or like what we call confession, just in a newspaper English kind of way, telling your story, just telling your story. Not, Not being religious, just confession is just telling your story, a part of living in community. And I, in a quick sort of way, I would just sum that up in, in a phrase, embrace life. I can't embrace life without surrendering, not, not, not surrender in the sense of, I give up, I quit. No, surrendering in the sense of submitting to one who is greater than me. I surrender to God. Vulnerability. I'm telling you, I have seen men, and there's probably men in this room, although we're we're trying to work in our little part of the garden that God's given us to defeat the fear of vulnerability, but I've seen men so afraid of vulnerability, they wouldn't come near Deer Camp. Oh, my goodness. I've heard about Deer Camp. You know, some of these guys I've heard tell things they've never told before. I ain't going there. Well, bless your little heart. How's that working out for you? I guarantee your wife wishes you would come. Vulnerability is a beautiful thing when it's done in a manly, um, testosterone-fueled circle. It is powerful, powerful. It's how God intended us to live. And then this idea of just telling your story, wow told my story, but guys, as I've said to you a hundred times, it's not just about telling your story that changes your life. It's when you tell your story and you experience love that changes your life. Third question, how have you seen bearing one another's burdens lived out? How have you seen that lived out? I get calls, sit with men all the time. And one of the great joys of my life in my counseling room is not just sitting with somebody and doing the best I can to help them. By the way, I'm not nearly as good as half the people that come to see me think I am. (laughs) Okay, Uh, I'm just having fun, you know? I sit there, I listen, I do my best. But what gives me great joy, and it happened this week, is when i can sit with a man who's who is really suffering and going through difficult times and i hook him up with one of you happened this week happened this week because that's the me that's the real me too movement me too you know i'm going through this i feel awful my wife wants to kick me out i know a guy that you need to talk to and the guy sits with him and he says me too Me too. But I'm just about two years ahead of you. I've been in the hole. I know the way out. I know the way out. Living in community. So turn over to Joshua 9. And we dig in with uh, the model. Uh, God always gives us a model. Uh, Our model is Joshua as we continue to dig into what it really means to be a man and we're in joshua 9. Um, children of israel keep moving on into the promised land deeper into manhood deeper in to understanding what it means to be a man they are at war they are foreigners at this point they're getting ready to take the land And their reputation is growing. Listen to this, uh, verse 1, chapter 9. All the kings west of the Jordan. Now keep in mind, I've shown you a a map of how uh, uh, the children of Israel were on the east side of the Jordan. Uh, They came up um, out of Egypt, um, across the Red Sea, and now they're going to cross over the Jordan, headed west. Go west, young man. And so all the kings of the, uh, the Jordan in the hills and foothills and along the Mediterranean sea coast, north toward Lebanon, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Gerasites, and the Jebusites, and the Mosquito Bites, got the news. They came together in a coalition to fight against Joshua and Israel under a single command. They knew if they stood alone, they had no chance. We gotta team up. We hate each other. We've been fighting in these tribal wars uh, for years. It's like, mm-mm, no. These guys are a threat. We gotta team up. So they all teamed up except one group. The people of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, and they cooked up a ruse. They posed as travelers, their donkeys loaded with patched sacks and mended wineskins, threadbare sandals on their feet, tattered clothes on their bodies, nothing but dry crusts and crumbs for food. They came to Joshua at Gilgal and spoke to the men of Israel, we've come from a far off country. Make a covenant with us." Now guys. This is really an interesting story again i I, I love God for so many reasons <laughs> duh you know, but He just gives us these third grade stories it 's like, okay, children, come up to the front row it 's children it 's uh, children 's sermon time, and he just gives us a picture and so here he gives us a picture of these guys who know that they're they 're going to be defeated they 'll be wiped out and The Gibeonites, they come up with a plan that they're going to lie their way to salvation. It's really an interesting plan. Ever done that? The men of Israel said to to these Hivites, how do we know you aren't local people? How could we then make a covenant with you? And they said to Joshua, we'll be your servants. They make a promise will serve you. And Joshua said, who are you now? Where did you come from? So the lie continues. They said from a far off country, very far away, your servants came because we heard such great things about God, your God. All those things he did in Egypt and the two Amorite kings across the Jordan, King Sion of Heshbon and King Og of Bashan, who ruled in Ashtoreth. Our leaders and everybody else in our country told us, pack up some food for the road and go meet them. Tell them, we're your servants. Make a covenant with us. And what's interesting is they're saying to Joshua that we heard about you not from what you had done in Jericho and Ai, but uh, it was more about what they had heard that they had done while they were in the wilderness because all these kings and people that they're talking about these are the people that they defeated before they got to the jordan and so they're 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 bringing this news in this in this fear from a far off place and trying to convince joshua to take them in This bread was warm from the oven when we packed it and left it to come and see you. Now look at it, crusts and crumbs and our cracked and uh, mended wineskins, good as new when we fill them, and our clothes and sandals and tatters from the long, hard traveling. Quite a convincing story. But guys, verse 14 is where we are, and you need to underline this, highlight it, take your little pink highlighter and uh, highlight this, put an asterisk by it. Verse 14 is the key verse in this story. The men of Israel looked them over and accepted the evidence, but they didn't ask God about it. Whoops. But they didn't ask God about it. Think about that for a minute. Now, in your study Bible, it actually reads something like, and did not ask for the counsel of the Lord. Well, I'm busy. We got this. I mean, they have been defeated at AI because they didn't listen. It's like, are you really that hard headed? Yeah. Hello, my name is Phil, and I'm hard headed. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. That's great. Good. I got another one that's been there. I'm glad you're at the meeting too. Good, Kevin. That's great. But guys, does that scare you? Does that scare you? There's there's some major decisions that uh, need to be made in, in this room today. You know, it's just the way life is. Some of you guys are facing some hard times. You have faced hard times, and you're going to face hard times, as I will. May we not face these hard times without bowing our knee, literally and figuratively, to ask God, God, what should I do? Years ago, Ron Dunn uh, was a very gifted communicator, and he used to speak a lot at our Campus Crusade uh, conventions. Steve knows Ron Dunn very well, and Steve uh, or uh, uh, Steve Steve Dunn, Ron's brother, uh, been there, done that. Uh, Ron Dunn uh, gave the best explanation of the passage in James chapter one that I've ever heard. James chapter one says, "If any man lacks wisdom, uh, let him ask of God, and God will give him wisdom." And Ron Dunn said, "You know." How I think that works is when we need wisdom, we bow our head, bow our knees, get on our knees, and we ask God for wisdom, and then we get up and do what's reasonable. Okay, that's cool. But you know what I typically do? I just charge, go, ready, set, go. No. Get on your knees, ask God for wisdom, and get up and do what's reasonable. It would have changed this whole scenario. So Joshua made peace with them and formalized it with the covenant to guarantee their lives. The leaders of the congregation swore to it. The leaders of the congregation swore to it. The leaders of the congregation were complicit in the plan. And then three days after making this covenant, they learned that they were next-door neighbors who had been living there all along. The people of Israel broke camp and set out. Three days later, they reached their towns, Gibeon, Kerith, Baroth, Kerith, Jerem. but the people of Israel didn't attack them. The leaders of the congregation had given their word before the God of Israel, but the congregation was up in arms over their leaders. Ah, interesting. They were complicit. But who did the people get mad at? You know, it's the leaders. It's the leaders. It's the head coach. Let's fire the head coach. You know, let's kill the leader. Kill the leaders. We were complicit, but let's kill the leaders. Verse 19, the leaders were united in their response to the congregation. We promised them in the presence of God of Israel We can't lay a hand on them now. This is amazing. It's amazing that the leaders just didn't try to cover it up. Ever ever heard of leaders trying to cover it up? You know, it's like two wrongs can make a right. Isn't that the way that saying goes? Two wrongs make a right, you know, make a mistake and then lie your way through it no two wrongs don't make a right this is an amazing illustration of integrity these guys knew that they blew it these leaders blew it and they did the honorable thing the integrity thing but we can do this we will let them live so we don't get blamed for breaking our promise and then the leaders continued We'll let them live, but they will be woodcutters and water carriers for the entire congregation. And that's what happened. The leader's promise was kept. But Joshua called the Gibeonites together and said, Why do you lie to us, telling us we live far, far away from you when you're out next door, when you're our next door neighbors, but that you are cursed? From now on, it's menial labor for you, woodcutters and water carriers for the house of my God. And they answered Joshua. We got the message loud and clear that God, your God, commanded through his servant Moses to give you the whole country and destroy everyone living in it. We were terrified because of you. That's why we did this. That's it. We're at your mercy. Whatever you decide is right for us to do it. Guys, there's something about these Gibeonites. I would love to hang out with these guys. These guys are are real. I mean... They, they were smart enough to know that they had no chance against the God of Israel. And they decided in kind of a conniving way to submit themselves. And God honored that. He protected them. Now, in no way would I, would I say that lying is the way to do it. But look what happened with Rahab. Look what happened to these Gibeonites. And in a sense, what they are saying is it is better to live at the doorstep than it is to be the king if you're submitted. And these guys submitted to the Lord. And even though they did it in a non-ethical way, God blessed that. And I think it's a lesson to all of us. You can go overboard on ethics. And we call that legalism. In, in no way do we want to be unethical. But guys, you can be so rigid that you miss the point. So this is amazing. It's basically what they were saying. I'd rather clean toilets and live in the presence of God than to continue to be against the God of Israel. And God bless that. It's amazing. I don't understand that. You know, it's not a clear line, you know. And that's where grace comes in. Praise God for his grace. And after that, and and after what they did, Joshua delivered them from the power of the people of Israel so they didn't kill them, but he made them woodcutters and water carriers for the congregation for the altar of God at the place of God chooses. They still are. And you know what? that kept up until about um, 450 years later, uh, the Gibeonites were still being honored um, in the nation of Israel. And King Saul uh, began to make war with the Gibeonites, and God defeated, had King Saul fail, because King Saul was arrogant enough to go against this covenant that had been made years before. And King David sought God at that time and asked God, why did King Saul lose? And God gave him the answer, and he said, because I had made a covenant with these Gibeonites, and King Saul's arrogance went against that. Because it's a powerful story of redemption that um the israelites were deceived because they didn't uh, seek the lord you know the passage in 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 proverbs chapter three and jeff pull that up Uh, proverbs chapter three wow what a what an incredible passage that we need to write in our journals and personalize it trust god from the bottom of your heart don't try to figure out everything on your own Our failure could come easily today because we didn't seek the Lord's counsel. May that not be the case for you today and for me. That's arrogance and pride. And so the integrity of the leaders brought God's continued faithfulness to them. And God's grace in his redeeming, God redeems, God redeems He redeemed the Gibeonites. It's an amazing story. Thank you, God, for second chance, uh, for surrender, vulnerability, and just telling my story honestly. What can be the fruit of that? So guys, this idea of manhood, again, just transitioning into this idea of of friendship, the, the... Design of community comes out of this great passage in Second uh, Corinthians chapter one. Throw that up there, Jeff, just uh, quickly uh, here. The Second Corinthians chapter one. Th- um, this uh, passage um, begins: um, All praise to the God and Father of our Master Jesus the Messiah, Father of all mercy, God of all healing, counsel. He comes alongside us when we go through hard times. And before you know it, he brings us alongside someone else who is going through hard times so that we can be there for that person just as God was there for us. That's the idea of community. Me too. Me too. I want to show you just a quick clip out of A Beautiful Mind. I love this clip because John Nash is just very broken. Everybody's seen A Beautiful Mind. Um, Russell Crowe plays true-life character John Nash. And there's a scene at the end when John Nash has gone through all of his mental illness, very, very broken, very, very broken. And in his giftedness, he's been given the uh, Nobel uh, uh, Peace Prize. And so his supervisor comes to him at Princeton, and he needs to just kind of check him out so that when he goes up for the award, that he doesn't do something stupid and embarrass uh, Princeton. You know, we wouldn't want him to, I know he's gifted, but we don't want to be embarrassed. I want you to watch this scene and what happens, because it's such a picture of community uh, illustrating acceptance in honor to a very broken man. Watch this. The image of the Nobel
2: is... Oh, I see. So you came here to find out if I was crazy. Find out if I would screw everything up if I actually won. Dance around the podium, strip naked and squawk like a chicken, things of this nature.
3: <laughs> Something like that, yeah.
2: <laughs> would I embarrass you?
3: Yes, it is possible.
2: You see I I am crazy. I take the n- newer medications.
3: but I still see
1: things that are not here. I just choose not to acknowledge. Like a diet of the mind, I choose not to indulge certain appetites.
2: Like my appetite for patterns. Perhaps my appetite to imagine and to dream.
1: Professor Nash.
2: It's good to have you here, John.
3: An honor, sir.
0: Thank you very much. A privileged professor.
3: Most
1: Guys, that's what community looks like. I am crazy. I am crazy. Are you afraid I'm going to get naked and run around the stage and squawk like a chicken? Yeah, that's- possible. That's possible. It's like I think sometimes Jeff's a little scared every Thursday morning. He's not sure exactly what Phil's gonna do. Exactly. Cut it. He's he's got the plug ready in, in one hand at any at any moment. But dude, how beautiful. I am crazy. I am crazy. I mean how hard is it for us to admit that? Surrender, vulnerability, confession. I am crazy. And in the midst of admitting that I am crazy, not after he you know, got on the blackboard and did some sort of incredible mathematical genius problem, but as he said, I am crazy. Man after man acknowledged him. Recognized him, accepted him. Glad you're here. Welcome. Don't ever do it alone. And don't ever forget to seek the counsel of the Lord. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you so much for your word, um, for your direction to us, for your pictures that you give us. We are children, uh, we are sheep. Uh, we are crazy. And uh, Father, I thank you for your redemptive healing in my life and the men that I stand before this morning. We love you. We're grateful in Jesus name. Amen. amen. Guys, as you're leaving, I want to show you one quick picture. I have I have a new traveling buddy um, and uh, her name is Wofi and uh wofi uh is y o f i and that is the Hebrew word for beauty and so she is a rescue dog she's a two year old uh lab uh labrador retriever mix i've had her since Sunday and she is a sweetheart she's sitting in the car waiting on me yofi you'll get to meet her as days go by have a good week
3: What you saying is